Well, hello there. It's great to see you again, and welcome back to Optimizing Your Financial World. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we've got Mr. Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office, standing by. He'll be joining me in just a moment. We're going to be unpacking another wealth management-related discussion. That's what we do here on the show. Uh, and today we've got a really unique topic that we're going to be talking about. And, and to frame things up, I want you guys to think about this. The bad financial decisions that we avoid in our lives can be just as beneficial as some of the good financial moves that maybe we make. And while no one really is perfect out there in this financial world, one thing that is certain is that highly successful people and families and business owners, well, they're tend to, you know, they're avoiding those major slip ups that can set them back. So today, Mark and I are going to be unpacking some really wealth destroying mistakes that highly successful people aren't making, you know, and how we can take a page out of that playbook and really begin to implement some of those strategies, those solutions, and avoid some of these mistakes in the first place. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mark out here and get right into it. Mark, it's good to see you today. How you doing? Hey, Ryan. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good, Mark. We got a good topic lined up today. We're talking about these mistakes that the super rich, the ultra affluent aren't really making in their day to day. Mark, let's start high level here. Do you find that highly successful people and families are adept not just at, at making the smart financial plays, but at avoiding those mistakes that could be damaging to their net worth overall? Hey, you know, Ryan, when we were talking about this topic just the other day, you know, I, I, I really liked that intro you just did. Because oftentimes we're talking about the things that we should be doing, right? How about, and we, I don't think we really ever talk about the mistakes that we should be trying to avoid. So this is a great topic. And the answer to your question is absolutely. You know, we see a pattern, you know, over 40 years, you know, this is what, our 44th year of doing this now, you know, over 40 years, you know, I, we've seen patterns, you know, which, you know, the self-made rich as a group, you know, we like to define them. I should say the industry defines them with a net worth of about 500 million or more, right? You know, we, we see that, you know, as a group, these people who are also, by the way, are predominantly business owners, you know, these extremely wealthy individuals, you know, they aren't immune to making mistakes, but they do a good job of avoiding a lot of the mistakes that anybody can trip up and, and, and fall over, you know, and we find that, you know, they do tend to avoid some crucial errors that could really have a negative impact on their bottom lines, you know, both now and, and in the financial futures of their family. Sure. Sure. And, and Mark, you know, you mentioned 500 million or more in net worth. I mean, boy, is that quite a number. So if I'm nowhere near that level of wealth, what, what can we take away from this group as a whole? Well, <laughs> That's interesting. You should ask that question, actually, in that manner. Um, you know, many of the mistakes that the super rich tend to be so good at avoiding are the same kind of mistakes that can trip up just about any family or any investor at any level of wealth. So, you know, the super rich, they do leave us lessons that all of us can learn from, you know, sidestepping these errors consistently can really make a huge difference, you know, to your bottom line and result in a lot of winning moves that families can make, you know, on, on behalf of, of their family now and also in the future. You know, you can potentially help yourself and, and your bottom line by learning what the super rich don't do with their wealth and the mistakes that they avoid. Alrighty. So let's, let's start, let's start plucking some of these pages out of the super rich playbook then Mark. Uh, what is the first big mistake that you see uh, that people should be on the lookout for? 
okay, well, and, and this, this sounds kind of simple and it sounds like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, one of the biggest things is losing sight of their goals. The super rich always tend to put a lot of time into developing and, you know, and spelling out in detail what their goals are, you know, and what their deeper beliefs about wealth and their family values are, okay, and how, and how those things should be coordinated together. Now, for example, you know, maybe many of them actually, and, and we recommend it in, in many cases, that a family should have a vision statement about, you know, what their optimal outcomes are and the reasons for those outcomes. And those reasons could be, you know, practical things or psychological things, you know, the reasons why they want certain outcomes to occur. Then they create a mission statement, you know, and that mission statement really is, you know, the plan with all the steps they're going to take to realize, you know, what that ultimate, what those ultimate outcomes are. Uh, and, and, you know, and then from there, you know, all decisions that they're going to make about wealth, you know, they make them only after they consider what their vision values and the action plan to reach those, you know, the results that are guided by those visions and values. Right. So, you know, by having that system in place, you know, they never lose sight of what their key goals are and, and those other factors that underline those key goals, the reason why those are important goals to the family. You know, the super rich, you know, they, do, they do a great job of not chasing, you know, the hot dot, the hot investments of the day or the shiny objects or opportunities that really are not going to amount to anything in the long run. They do a good job of avoiding those things. You know, that's a really interesting first one, Mark, that idea of not losing sight of goals. You mentioned it being so almost simple in nature to think about. But so what's what's the lesson here? What's the takeaway for our audience? Yeah, back to that vision statement and the plans, which are how we're going to act on that vision statement, right? You know, they're very clear about what they want to accomplish. And so individuals have to do the same thing. They have to be crystal clear of what the goals are, what they're trying to accomplish. Okay, yeah. It's it's really important to be flexible along the way because things happen while life is going on, right? You know, uh, you know, life's what happens while we're busy making plans sometimes, you know, and so any decision that they may make to adjust or make large shifts in the strategy, you know, they have to be deliberate and they have to be carefully considered uh, and, you know, how how critical are they to the situation? So, you know, likewise, uh, decisions, you know, you shouldn't make decisions, you know, when you have a lack of guidelines, right? I mean, you know, you need to make sure that smart decisions, you're going to make these smart decisions. And like I said, you're not just chasing the new shiny, shinier new investment product of the day that at the end of the day might not really have anything to do with your long-term financial goals and more and equally as important, your family values and philosophy. You want to try to avoid those things as best as possible. All right, there you have it. First big mistake. Mark, take us into the next one. What do you see on this front? Hey, Ryan, you know, another big mistake that they're expert at avoiding is, you know, they steer clear of professionals, you know, who really aren't up to the task of delivering a specific value to them that they're in need of, right? You know, they have, they they realize that while most advisors out there really want to do a great job for their clients, and I believe that's true. I do believe that most advisors want to do a great job for their clients. Some of them simply don't possess the capabilities or the resources to make certain things happen. And so the super rich are really careful at seeking out, you know, what let's, let's call them consummate professionals. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so when we're talking about that idea, all right, comps, consummate professionals there, Mark, what would you say should give somebody the confidence uh, that they are working with a true wealth manager, a true consummate professional? Huh, I walked right into that one, didn't I? Uh, let's see. For starters, they're super rich. They're going to gravitate towards leading authorities, right? They're going to they're going to work with recognized experts, such as industry thought leaders and and people who come, you know, highly highly recommended. So you know they rely heavily on referrals. You know when they seek out their financial advisors and other professionals that they're going to work with. You know the most going to say consistently, and that's a that's a key word. The most consistently effective method to you know to get referrals from you know high quality or or to and from high quality professionals. By the way, uh, you know that they're currently engaging. You know it's 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 the best way to do it to get those recommendations from people they're already working with, and uh, because they're going to know who the other great professionals are. So that's number one. And and generally, you know, high quality professionals tend to know other kind of consummate professionals, guys who are authorities, people who are thought leaders in their field. You know, an example might be a top money manager who who knows, you know, elite wealth planners like myself, you know, and leading insurance specialists who are both uh, who are both skilled and have, you know, tremendous integrity because that's extremely important. Finally, I'm going to say, well, maybe not finally, but certainly I'm, I'm going to say that they're willing to pay well for that quality. You know, the super rich, they make a concerted effort to minimize costs, as we all do, but they're not going to forego the re desired results that they're trying to achieve simply because pursuing those results might require them to spend more money. I mean, the super rich, they understand it's important to assess a provider, not only on his or her stated fee, but also on the person's ability to deliver value, right? And there's, there's a real important word. Let me just, let me just explode that a little bit. You know, when we say value, we mean the super rich are willing to pay for professional advice from, from experts who can deliver true and meaningful value to the bottom line for them and their family. What am I going to receive in return for that value? People are willing to pay for that. So, uh, you know, the lesson here is, I, I would say, you know, by turning to leading authorities, you know, the thought leaders, you know, and soliciting referrals from high caliber professionals that you already work with, know and trust, you know, you can probably greatly increase your chances of working with, uh, you know, the truly skilled professionals, the ones that you need, you know, those people, you know, you know, when one has both the willingness and the ability to get you where you want to go in ways that won't jeopardize your future, those are the people you want to work with and you should be willing to pay for. Sure thing. Sure thing. So working with those true consummate professionals, you know, heeding their advice, getting the referrals to go through that process. Okay. That's a mistake that they're not making the super rich. Let's move into the third one here, Mark. Uh, what, what do you see in, in regard to the third big mistake here? Yeah. Well, that question leads me back to Ronald Reagan all the time, right? Ronald Reagan says, you know, trust and verify when he was speaking with regard to the Soviet union, trust, but verify. So I'm going to say, you know, that the next thing you really need to look at is in the beginning, failing to get a second opinion. Uh, you know, oftentimes things that are really complicated and and are uh, and are have diverse different specialties needed to to bring to fruition. You know, you need to get second opinions in advance and along the way, 
you know, once you've implemented plans or plans that you've implemented years ago, it's time to get stress tests. You know, the super rich, you know, they take that message to heart all the time. They're aware that, you know, even the top professionals know that they, they tend to hire can make mistakes. Everybody can make a mistake. You just want them to be small mistakes and happen infrequently. So they know that that changes in their lives and the world at large. And let's, let's face it, think about it, you know, the economy, politics, global environment. Now, these are all things. And then even changes in your own family environment, your own, your family ecosystem. You know, these changes, you know, can have a, a an impact on how a solution that you put in place a while ago will behave today. So the super rich rely on these second opinions and, and stress testing to help give them the confidence they need to stay on the path of where they want to go, right? Or the path that they should be on to achieve where they want to go to. So it's really important. Yeah, yeah. Mark, I know you and I, we've had a lot of conversations on this show about stress testing, about second opinions. Uh, you know, this is a new concept for anybody that's with us today. Would you mind just kind of highlighting for us kind of the key differences between, you know, second opinions and stress tests? You know, what, what, when would somebody use one versus the other? Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up because I know I touched on it a bit in, in the last question. Let's, let's, let's expand upon that a bit. All right. Ideally, a second opinion occurs before any action is taken. So let's say, for example, you know, you're considering a particular tax mitigation strategy that maybe someone has you know, suggested to you. Uh, you might get a second opinion from another noted leading tax authority just to be certain that that strategy is, is valid and viable in your situation. Uh, you know, second opinions are commonly thought of. And again, so if that's that's the, you know, a second opinion is again in the beginning. So, you know, second opinions are commonly thought of, you know, thought of, uh, you know, whenever there's any question uh, or any sense of uncertainty, but, you know, really they can be done at any time. For example, many investors, both the super rich and, and, and others obtain second opinions about their overall financial strategy. If they're worried that they might not be on the right track or the professionals they've enlisted maybe are not up to snuff anymore. It may have been great when you put that plan in place. He may have been current and, and very competent at the time, but times are changing. You know, as, as we talked about, there are so many things happening in the world and in the individual's family. So that's second opinion. Stress testing, uh, on the other hand, or in contrast, let's say, you know, it's typically done when you want to evaluate an existing strategy that you already have in place. You know, this is a, a check, you know, to see, you know, whether you, what you implemented in the past remains or, or or maybe is likely to remain moving forward, you know, both both viable and valid. Basically, you're checking the things that are working at, or you're checking to make sure things continue to work as they were originally predicted and will continue to work so in the future. You know, so for a lot of reasons, you know, the rich take stress testing you know, like they do a, an annual medical checkup. Uh, you know, they may, there may be nothing wrong at the time, but it isn't going to stop them from going out and getting a checkup just to make sure there's something that they're not seeing or something that, that they've missed. So ultimately, you know, no matter what your level of wealth, getting a second opinion when you're unsure or uncomfortable or a, about a strategy or an idea or a product, you know, is usually worthwhile. And similarly, periodically stress testing your overall wealth plan. 
you know, all the financial planning and all the various subspecialties underneath retirement planning, investment planning, insurance, all that stuff, you know, getting a stress test on all of that stuff or, or any specific aspect of it, you know, can enable you to avoid, you know, problems, you know, now or down the road. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, a comprehensive review of where you are today and where you want to be and any of the gaps that may exist between where you are and where you want to get to, you know, uh, it's, it's probably valuable because, you know, they may indicate that everything is, is perfectly and everything is right in its place, but, you know, might also reveal some issues that you need to, to address. You know, it makes sense to catch them sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's a common theme on this show. Get ahead of it, right? You know, we talk about that a lot, Mark. And, you know, Mark, we, we've highlighted a few big mistakes, right, that the, the super rich are just not making on a regular basis and a lot of good value in here for, for our audience today. So, you know, for our audience members, let's say some of them out there are scratching their heads maybe a little bit and thinking, oh, maybe I should be looking into that second opinion or stress test, or maybe I shouldn't be losing sight of my goals. You know, maybe they are making some of these mistakes that's holding their wealth plan and themselves back what would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team mark to maybe just open up a dialogue and see how they can maybe curb that mistake that they might be making sure you know they could they could go visit us on the web at www.echelonoffice.com that's e-c-h-e-l-o-n the word office.com or they could contact me directly they could uh, email me at m wade that's m-w-a-d-e at echelonwealth.com, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word wealth.com, or they can just call in. I mean, I'd be more than happy to talk to them, and that's 888-892-9882. All righty, fantastic. Well, hey, Mark, look, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us here on the show. I know you've got clients to serve, so we'll let you get back to doing that, but uh, looking forward to jumping back on you, uh, back on here you know, to cover the next show. Hey, thanks, Ryan. This was a great conversation today. We we took most of we took many of what much of what we do, and we looked at the opposite side of it. It's great. These are the mistakes not to avoid. Great job. Alrighty. Well, hey, look. We also want to say a final thank you to the audience for staying aboard and being with us here on the show today. Again, if you took anything away from today's conversation and you benefited from any of these mistakes that Mark mentioned today. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on today. And then, of course, share this information with any friends, family, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations. And I've said it once before, I'll continue to say it. We are taking the strategies, we're taking the solutions, and even just the simple conversations that Mark is having with his clients routinely over at Echelon Family Office. And we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. So by subscribing, you know, you'll make sure that you never miss out on a future conversation that could add value maybe to your bottom line. So for Mark, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you guys stopping by and being with us here on today's installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. <laughs>